You're listening to Youth and Loud. The show that's the show that's quiet about the trivial things, but loud about the important things. We discuss all issues relevant to youth. If you'd like to find out more about the show or have a topic idea, check us out on Facebook and give us a shout by searching Youth and Loud. So, Monique, I thought it'd be good for you for us to start by you sharing with us um, a little bit about yourself and the kind of work you do. Sure, yeah. Well, um, as you sort of said in your very nice introduction, I'm a singer-songwriter and um, author and public speaker. And the sort of stuff I talk about and, and also sing about and write about is, I guess, about the hard stuff of life, you know, some of the challenges, the mess of life, um, including the struggle to find hope after having tough experiences like abuse as a, as a child and that sort of thing, yeah. Hmm. So I, I do that in a range of different contexts. So, yeah, so sometimes I might go into some um, colleges or universities and try and help the people learning to be leaders, I guess, uh, to think about what the experiences of people are who've been abused and that sort of thing. Sometimes I might speak in um, at public forums and in public contexts or just uh, meeting with groups of survivors of abuse and talking about that journey towards hope and healing mm. after abuse, yeah. What motivated you to pursue a career in, in, in helping people? Yeah. Well, motivate's an interesting word. I don't know that it was it, – it more sort of sprang out of my own experience and I found um, – yeah, in my 20s, I started having to grapple with my own experiences of having been abused as a child and my, my world kind of falling apart. And for a lot of that time, it was re- I was really just trying to put one foot in front of the other to, to get through that. But over time, I guess there has been a sense of, of hope and healing that's come. And, uh, and I started just informally talking to people about that. And over time, that's become a bit more formalised and been working a bit more professionally in that area, I guess, yeah. So there's a a strong personal connection with the work you do. um... Yeah, very much so. Yeah, that's sort of been the the starting point for me. I mean, I've also gone on to do study and and, um, learning and teaching around the area, but at at its core, at its beginning, it was very much from my own personal journey, yeah, my own story, yeah. If you feel comfortable, do you mind just sharing a little bit um, about your own journey and the experiences you've had? Yeah, no worries, Peter. Um, yeah, I was abused as a child by people that I trusted, um, including a close family member. And um, really, as is the case for a lot of kids that are abused, that kind of got pushed down. I, you know, it's very hard to keep living and surviving in a context where you're being abused and to to be aware of what's going on. Sometimes a, a way of coping with that is just to push it down until you're sort of in a place later in life when you can actually deal with it and work through it. So my, my world kind of came a bit tumbling down when I was about 20 um, at uni and I found myself basically unable to work, unable to go to uni and uh, went into hospital for some time and just didn't cope for quite some time until I, yeah, got the support I needed and, and the help to sort of get on that journey of, um, of, of healing. And it is a journey, I'd say. It's not something that just mm. happens quickly or, or simply, but mm. um, with support, something that can happen over time, yeah. 
So what kind of things help you to start to find healing and, and mm. start to find hope from the experience and, and abuse yeah. that you had? That's a big question, but I think probably one of the biggest things just off the top of my head that I, I would say is it, it was a real turning point for me when I realised that my reactions to what had happened to me were normal. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what, what happened to me wasn't normal. What happened to me was horrible, but to fall apart a bit at the seams around that is actually normal, that when traumatic stuff happens to you, we're, we're wired, we're kind of built to to react in certain ways and, and that's actually a sign, a normal thing. I think for some time I was kind of in a medical system that's kind of pathologised or saw it all as being about being sick or something like that. Mm. But then over time I started uh, having support that, was much more focused on helping me understand what trauma was about and how abuse was um, a form of trauma that has very difficult but uh, understandable repercussions. And and I just found when I found that I that the sorts of reactions I had were actually normal, that helped me not feel like such a freak, not feel like such an alien mm. or you know um, of isolation. Um, so how did you come to that the the realization that the things that have happened to you were were not your fault and mm. you're not um, a, a weird person. Yeah. It's just the experiences you've had. How did that kind of yeah. um, sink in? It took a long time, to be honest, because, mm. you know, I think for kids, you it's really important for kids to feel that the world's safe because if it isn't, how do you survive? Mm. And so what kids will do with the experience of abuse is say, I must be bad, I must be wrong, because that means that those people that are looking after me, that are caring for me, they're still good, they're still right, then the world is still safe, you Mm. see. Kids will take on to themselves that sense of being wrong, of of being the bad ones. And, Mm. yeah, and that gets can get ingrained at a very deep level from a very early age. And that's, I think, why a lot of people who have been abused do have low self-esteem issues and um, low self-worth. There can be feelings of being suicidal or wanting to hurt themselves because Mm. they feel they're bad. Yeah, in terms of how I've moved from that, I guess first thing I'd say is that it takes time. It doesn't happen quickly. Mm. But the other thing is as you build up more and more experiences of being treated well, of being loved and actually learning what love in a good sense really Mm. is, um, as you start being able to challenge the beliefs that you've um, grown up with and say, maybe that wasn't my fault. Maybe is there? Maybe I couldn't have done anything there. Maybe I actually really was powerless then. I'm not powerless now, but maybe I, mm. I couldn't have done anything differently. And yeah. sometimes it's sometimes important to have friends and others supporting you in that process of challenging mm. those wrong beliefs too. Monique, I understand that um, part of the work you do is actually as a musician and a songwriter. How did that come about? How did that start? Oh, wow. I wrote my first song when I was about 13 years old. And it oh, was such a young age to, <laughs> to be writing. Cool. That <laughs> was such a bad song. It was, it? it was called I Have Found the Answer. And I just tell everyone I've been asking the questions ever since yeah, then. Yeah. But, you know, I didn't know much at 13 to be able to write that. But, um, yes, yeah, so I always loved music. And then I just found over the years music was a really good way of expressing stuff that I was going through and feeling and trying to process 
in just in a, a different kind of way than words, I guess. So, yeah. Mm. And now we're going to cut and have a listen to one of your songs, which is called Everywhere. Great. Um, so tell us a little bit about that song. Um, yeah. Well, you were asking before about how abuse sort of affects areas of your life. And I guess this song is reflecting on how there's not many areas that doesn't affect. So it, it affects just about every area of your life, the, the feeling of whether you're safe or not, the feeling of relationships and whether you can trust someone. Um, and so this is a song which kind of is, is reflecting on what it's like to feel that abuse goes through every area of your life and then um, looks at what it might be like if, if that were to change. The splinter in the shelter of tiled so hard to build. You're the rock that drowns the hope. I've tried to rescue with my will. The embrace that won't let go when we wrestle to the The sweetness in trust's poison I devour beyond my fill You're everywhere Everywhere When dusk beckons me to dreams The render
Um, that song actually, believe it or not, came third in the rock indie category of the Australian National Songwriting Competition, which is pretty expre- impressive, if I don't say so myself. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so Peter. good, good job for that one, uh, Monique. So yeah, the the song everywhere. Um, was there a particular message, I guess, you were trying to convey when you wrote that song, Monique? Um, yeah, when I wrote that song, I was thinking about the fact that although I hadn't been in contact with the main person that abused me, the main family member that abused me uh, for quite some time, over 10 years or more, um, that the effects of the abuse were still there. And I mm. thought, how do I, how do I live in the present? How do I... How can I be a different person? How can I, you know, find a different way of being than, than that? And um, so I was thinking about what it was for someone to be both everywhere in your life, sort of influencing all different areas of your life, but then moving to a place where maybe they're nowhere, maybe they actually don't impact on your life in a day-to-day sense anymore. You kind of made the decision that regardless of the the large impact that the abuse had on on you, that you're mm. going to press forward and, and, and keep going in life as best you can anyway. Yeah, I guess that's a not just a one-off decision or two. It's mm. a, something you have to keep coming to or I've, ha- I've had to keep coming to again and again and again. There's been many times over the years when I've just thought, I can't do it, I, I, it's, I just can't keep going. But I have and um, I'm glad I have. I can say now that I'm really glad I have, but it's been a bit of a journey, yeah, mm. and a decision that you do need to keep making to, to keep persevering and sometimes it's hard to see a sense of hope when you're right in the middle of it all mm. um, and sometimes in my life it's been a matter of other people holding on to that hope for me when I okay. couldn't for myself. Yeah. So letting me know that I would get through it and, and life would be would be different. Yeah. So, so in that, what what people were in your life that help you keep moving forward? Mm, some really faithful and great friends that have really stuck there in the lo- the long journey of it all. Um, that's been really significant. I've also seen various therapists and um, uh, to talk through and work through some of the impact of the trauma in my life, and they've had a significant role to play. Continue to have a significant role to play even now. Yeah. Um, so I guess when you were receiving therapy for um, the abuse you experienced, mm. what what are some of the things that they work through with mm, you? Mm. Uh, what are some of the things I guess you um, you learnt? Yeah, um, one therapist I saw in particular um, had a big impact on my life. I'd sort of seen. Uh, psychiatrist for a number of years and had found it helpful to a certain degree but probably not as as helpful as it could have been and I then started seeing this person who he was actually a holocaust survivor himself and he had worked for 40 years with um, other holocaust survivors and trauma survivors um, and the effect that working with him had on my life was just profound and I remember one day walking into a session with him and saying to him, I don't think I should be here because what I've been through is nothing. You know, my suffering's nothing compared to your experience and the experiences of the people that you've worked with. And he said something to me that I don't think I'll ever forget because I'm almost hesitant to quote it because it, it I don't feel I have the right to and yet it did have such a big impact on my life. Um, mm. He said, well, you know, Monique, in some ways what you've been through is worse than the Holocaust because you lived with your Nazi and you loved your Nazi, you mm. trusted your Nazi. At least 
Holocaust survivors never have to live with the illusion that their Nazi loves them. And that, I mean, that was huge. And I don't, in saying that, I don't want to in any way minimise the experiences Mm. of people who've been through the Holocaust. But what it did communicate to me was it's a really big thing to be betrayed by someone you love and trust. And Mm. it's actually in honouring and realising the significance of that, that it started to shift things for me. I started to realise, wow, I've been through a lot. And in a in a funny kind of way, that stopped me from feeling stuck in it. It was like mm. kind of honouring it and seeing it for what it was helped me in that next state, not of denying it, but actually of working through it and, and moving forward. So that was a really significant thing for me. You're listening to Youth and Loud. 
Uh, so tell us a little bit uh, about that song, Monique. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Peter. Well, I guess um, probably summed up in one of the lines in the song, um, I used to pray for rescue from the tragedy. Mm-hmm. Now I thank God that love has carried me. I guess the point of the song is, um, you know, things can be really crap at times. Life can really stink. Mm. Um but sometimes hope isn't about finding a way out of that. It's a finding. It's about finding a way through it. Mm. So yeah, I guess the song's about yeah rec- reflecting on the journey of suffering and of pain, and about how hope might come through that. Is um, mm. prayer and faith something that's uh, personal to you? Yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, for, for me personally, a sense of God carrying me, a sense of someone who who's bigger than me and bigger than the universe, mm. and 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 has things in hand. I guess, um, yeah, that's been really important, and and it's been really important for me to have a sense of a, a God or, or someone there who actually really knows what it is to go through what I've been through. So. Mm. Yeah, my own my own faith, my own belief in God is that God actually knows what it is to suffer and mm. God has actually experienced that God's self, yeah. So so was it hard for you to always accept that that God was there? Did you have moments where you really oh, struggled yeah. with that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think there's been a, there's been a lot of anger, a lot of doubt, a lot of um struggle. That's been really a real part of the journey. Mm. Um and you know, and I I believe that God wants me to be honest about that, you mm. know, that it's not about sort of painting a rosy picture that it's all been fantastic, you know. And I guess the way I think about that is in any sort of relationship with anyone, if you're really real and honest, there's mm. going to be hard stuff there too. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think God's any exception to that, mm. yeah. Um, so, Monique, do you mind me asking, how did you, I guess, uh, come to the place of acknowledging that God was there for you um, as yeah. opposed to, to struggling with that with that doubt. Yeah, yeah. Um, Look, I, I think the doubt and the questions are still something that continue. Um, mm. I think that, you know, doubt sometimes can be part of faith, can be part of taking something seriously enough to, to grapple with it and think, you know, how does this apply in this situation? I guess over the years it's just been a sense that God has been with me, that even when things have been really dark and really painful, that God has been near, that mm. God has been close by. Um, and knows what it is to feel what I what I've been feeling. Yeah, I guess over the over the years, it it, it has been a kind of growing realization that God has been near to me. God has been been close even through all the struggle. And um, I think we might be crossing to a song that actually says that, which is um, song "You Are Near." Takes hold. Mm-hmm. 
should shadows fall Cloud my mind again Will you reach me? Dare I take So, Monique, in preparation for uh, this interview, there was a particular quote on your website which mm. really stood out to me, and it says that, that that part of the work you do grapples with living hope amid suffering and abuse. Yeah. Um, so, what are some of the things that you've learned about hope amidst yeah. Uh, suffering? Yeah. Well, my website is Living Hope Resources, and I guess the reason I use that phrase living hope um, as part of my business name or my you know the name of what I do is um, and that that line that you said living hope amidst suffering and abuse is that it's not like in my experience I don't think you kind of get through something and then it's all over and then you just move on to the next stage you know mm. sometimes hope is actually about finding a way through something so you're saying that part of I guess living with hope is acknowledging that the circumstance you're in is difficult and yeah. it is challenging but finding that strength to push through anyway that's exactly right yeah yep absolutely um, so, so it's not so much a denying that it exists it's accepting it but knowing that you can get through it and, and, and you can kind of keep going even though it's hard. That's exactly right and I think that's a really good way of, of putting it, Peter, because um, sometimes our life circumstances are not going to change quickly or easily mm. and sometimes we just are in situations that are really difficult and for various reasons we may not be able to get out of those situations. Mm. But I think the real essence of hope is um, about having a sense that it's that, that is only part of the picture, that there is a, a bigger picture, there is a... Um, a sense in which reality can be more than just the horrible stuff that's happening. Mm. Um, it, it doesn't deny the horrible stuff. It doesn't say it's not real, but it 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 has holds on to a belief that a different reality is possible and even exists at the time of of going through that terrible stuff. Um, so, what's that different reality look like for you? Um, I yeah. guess you've you've um, acknowledged and, and accepted that you've had some pretty tough circumstances mm. uh, growing up in your life. Mm. Um, so, what is that reality? I guess that you acknowledge, which is I sort of think I sort of think of it in terms of um, it's a funny word, but it's a word 
redemption, which is kind of a bit of an odd word, but what it really means is taking something and transforming it or bringing something good out of it. And so there's a great um, line in one of U2's songs, Grace finds beauty in everything. Now, that doesn't mean that everything is beautiful. <laughs> mm. It means that grace has the is a way of finding beauty even amidst the most horrible of mm. things and hope is similar to that. So what is, um, what's some of the, the beauty that you've found and discovered through your suffering and, and abuse as, mm. a, as a child? Wow, some of the beauty. Um, or, or reflecting on that. Look, I guess there's things like compassion, courage, um, strength. They're all sorts of virtues or things that um, we can develop in response to suffering um, that we may not have the, the ability to develop without that sort of those sorts of experiences. Mm. So I think when you actually do go through suffering or abuse, you, you have a choice. We all have a choice about how we respond to what we've been through. And I think um, to grapple with and work through the pain and be become better people as a result of that or become people that are more aware of other people's pain and suffering, more compassionate mm. to others. Um, that That's a good outcome. That's a way in which beauty or hope can come out of pain. So you're saying that you've been able to use the, the pain and the suffering you've experienced in being abused mm. to, to have compassion on yeah. other people who have also experienced uh, similar things. That's right. And it's also, I don't even see it as something that I've done. It's kind of like... Um, you know, I think. Well, I I would attribute it to God. Other people may not, but um, in my in my mind, it there is a sense in which beauty and hope can surface out of pain, can arise out of pain, even in a way that is surprising mm-hmm. to to me as as someone who's been through it. And it um, it's quite amazing when it does. And and so yes, that sense of um, being able to. Be, uh, get alongside other people who've suffered and sort of say there's a way through this, that can be a really mm. amazing way in which beauty and hope can surface out of that. Also, I guess the whole creative process for me. So my music, I often write songs about um, difficult things, but I try and I think the music has a, a sort of a way of, of redeeming or transforming those experiences. So mm. the experiences are still painful and horrible, but the creativity can kind of bring a new life and beauty out of it in its own way. Mm. So, yeah. So so creativity such as your music has definitely been a way that's helped you express what you've gone through and not only that but to communicate um, the hope that you've found in the midst of your own suffering. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And sometimes music just communicates things in ways that words alone don't. And so, <laughs> you know, I, I'm constantly surprised by even by my own music that what it communicates to me, what I mm. learn through the process. Often I'll sit down to write a song and have no idea what I want to write about or a very maybe have an idea of what I want to write about but no idea what I want to actually say mm. and it's as the song is being written that I sort of think oh that's what I think oh that's what might be the case you know it sort of teaches me as I'm writing it so it's quite an amazing experience. What What's some of the responses that you've gotten um, from other people who've heard your yeah. music um, particularly perhaps those who have experienced some kind of suffering yeah. um, in, in their life? Well I get a lot of um, comments and letters and things from people who say you know you words have put, your music has put into words or into creative form what I haven't had the words to say and mm. it helps me know that someone else's experience knows what I'm going through. So Yeah, isn't, isn't that such a powerful thing? Oh, it is. I think, and I think just not just music, but any art form, you know, art or poetry or whatever, it's mm. an amazing way of one person expressing something from their own self mm. and then it actually can speak for other people as well. What an mm. incredible thing that... 
Um, so we're going to uh, cut to the last song, which is called Extraordinary Every Day. Um, again, an original by uh, Monique. So yeah. tell us a bit about uh, this song, Monique. Well, what inspired you to write this song and what's, yeah. what's it about? Oh, yeah. Well, um, I guess when you've been through abuse and things, things can be very heavy for a long time. Mm. And someone, actually the, the therapist that I saw that I was talking about earlier in the interview said to me um, at one point quite a few years ago, one day you will wake up and you will realise the profound richness of the everyday that is far better than the richness of drama. And at that time I sort of thought, what are you on about? Because my life was just drama. Mm. It was one drama to the next up and down. And then um, a few years ago I was just um, having a very normal, doing some house renovations and looking at all these different shades of white, you know, um, sort of trying to choose between 60 different shades of white paint swatches and I suddenly felt content and I thought this is weird this is such an ordinary everyday experience and yet mm. I'm feeling really content and that was I thought this is probably something of what he he was on about so and and the other influence was that he he once said to me you don't have to be the star in order to be a star mm. and so this is a song about those things yeah, yeah. And um, I find it really incredible that uh, despite the, the difficult and challenging experiences that you've had in life, mm. you've still been able to to have that positive outlook that, you know, I'm mm. just going to live every day one at a time and mm. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to um, just make the most of life in every day. I think that's a really cool approach to have. Thanks, Peter. It's taken a while to get there, but I am enjoying that. Thank mm. you.
That brings us to an end of this episode of Youth and Loud. If you felt concerned about anything that you've heard on this episode, you can contact Lifeline on 13 11 14 or Beyond Blue on 1300 22 46 36. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time on Youth and Loud.